0: I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, year over year, this year, last year, the year before, and what that process looks like. Here we go. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters Podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters podcast. I'm Amy, and this is episode 434 year over year. Year over year. I might should be talking about week over week. It is a Saturday again, again, inching ever closer to the middle of December for 2020, the year it has been. I did not even push out last week's show. I can't even believe I'm saying that. This morning, I thought I should just push that out and not record something new. I cannot believe it. I just cannot believe it. I know it doesn't really matter, but it matters to me. It matters to me a lot. But year over year, I am going to talk today briefly about some year-end reflection. Not that I've been doing, not yet. I'm definitely not that on top of things. Some of you are. I'm not. But I've been thinking about some of these things because of a set of videos I watched. So I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But first, a few randoms. Vignettes, life vignettes, single panels in a life unfolding single panels that may or may not be connected to anything. But when you put all these panels side by side, you get a story. And to me, that is the story. That is the beauty of juxtaposition. So these are just little simple things. One, I woke up in the middle of the night last night. It's an all too common thing right now. I woke up in the middle of the night and the lights on the garland that goes across the bookcases were on. I had turned off the tree when I closed up for the night, but I left the garland on. I did that. I thought about it and I thought, "Oh, I'll leave it on and the gamer in the room will turn it off when he goes to bed." So when I woke up in the dark and saw it on, and I checked my phone and it was definitely very much middle of the night. And I was startled by the fact that these lights were on, but then I thought what a happy accident or oversight or whatever it might've been because they're so pretty in the middle of the night and in the dark, in that quiet. They're so pretty. The glow is a glow all of its own in the dark different than it is in the evening when your lights are on and the TV is on and everything else. There's a difference in that glow. They're both beautiful, but there's something really, really wonderful in such an unexpected moment. Early morning has a similar effect when you get up really early and it's dark and the lights are on. This was a few hours before that. And I was laying there thinking that and appreciating that and then realized that the gamer was still up. He had not forgotten or not just not done it. He was still up and playing behind me. These are the days of 2020. It was such an odd moment, but the lights, so pretty. Two, one of the prompts this week for hashtag illustrate your week was a holiday memory. No, it was a December memory, not necessarily holiday. And when I set that prompt, I don't know what was in my head. Maybe nothing specific. I'm generally trying to set things I think will work for everyone. So maybe nothing specific. It's best if I can make the list without filling in any blanks for myself. That way, I get the same experience as everyone else when I get to the day or the prompt, or when I focus in on a certain prompt on a specific day or night, I have to come up with an answer in that moment, an answer on that day. Seriously, a December memory, it could be anything, even someone with limited memories like me. I have an assortment of things I could pick or pull from. What I like about prompts is that sometimes they jostle a memory that you don't even realize is there. And it suddenly pops up and you think, oh, yeah, that. Now, I wish I could get a whole bunch of memories jostled, you know, shake up a box like a box of ornaments and have things fall around a little bit, maybe even break open, because they've got to be in there somewhere. So on this night, December memory when I did it, for some reason I thought about a year many years ago when we needed to get a gift ready to set out after a boy had finally gone to sleep and it was late enough that we figured he wouldn't get back up. So it was really late when we started. And then, and only then, did we open up this box that we had had shipped to my mother's for the holidays. We opened it up to set it out. We thought this would be a simple thing, just like setting out milk and cookies. And no, there were hundreds, it seems like hundreds now, I know it was a lot, hundreds of stickers, little tiny stickers that needed to be put into place following a very small numbered diagram it was such a funny December parenting moment. One that was about the adults though. It was pretty much, it is a memory about that moment and the adults because we were in Kentucky that year at my mom's. We used to do that, head home with the kids. And so that year there was just one kid. So this was many years ago. And so an early experience getting things ready on Christmas Eve. For us, it was Christmas Eve. It came to mind this week, just out of the blue, it popped into my head. And I thought, okay, I'll draw that. I'll record that because that was really a moment. No, I couldn't draw that from memory. But I was shocked maybe, and also delighted to find that with a quick Google search, an image of this exact thing popped up. And it wasn't just a photo someone had posted of something they had had. They actually still sell this item, this toy. That was very surprising. It is and was a fold out fire truck city. It opens up into a city playscape of sorts for micro cars, really little cars, much smaller than Matchbox cars and it has lots of ramps and roadways and streets and exits and it's just this bustling little city that then you can fold up and it's in a little rectangular fire truck carry case all of its own so you can carry it around plop it down unlatch all the latches and it folds out to make a city it's very cool it's even got a parking garage and we loved that thing and we had several smaller versions after that, little bitty boxes that would open up to make a part of a city, I guess, just a simple little ramp, usually with some kind of context. It might've been a certain kind of station or a certain kind of building and it had a little ramp for your car. And we would take those everywhere, like every restaurant we ever went to. Those were days we ate in restaurants too. And we we loved these things spent many, many, many hours with those cars. And those mini cars were awesome. And I still have a bunch of those cars. I have a ton of Matchbox cars here. I'm the one who can't get rid of those things. I don't think I can draw them either. I think that would be fun. I always think that would be fun. Number three, we're going to piggyback on two because I talked about this memory and drawing last night. I drew this earlier in the week. And it came up last night in a very different discussion about memory and false memories and all kinds of other things about memory because one of my kids is taking a psychology class in high school. So I said, okay, I did this thing this week and I'm curious if you remember this. And of course, sadly, the boy in question doesn't remember it. He has no recollection of that thing of all the hours, all those cars. Even when I showed him a picture, it didn't jostle that memory for him. He just doesn't remember it. All these things that were so much a part of our days when they were young, they don't remember at all. Being on both sides of this memory divide, I find it so disheartening, so sad. Even as I understand it, I do understand it, and I understand it in the way that I know it is sad to be that way, even if they don't really realize that now. It's sad to be that way, but it's also sad for those of us who were a part of all those memories that people don't remember. I find it disheartening. I wish for both of them that they had memories of all those days, maybe all those better days. And knowing they don't, sometimes when that really, really washes over me, it is just a total whoosh. And maybe I do wish I could hand them an illustrated journal that had all of that. And for some people, it's here, here's a scrapbook that has all those pictures. But I sort of wish for my kids, I could just hand them this cartoon style book of all these things that are lost. So I appreciate when something does jostle a memory like that free for me. Number four, our tree is only half lit this year. And this is not a front versus back thing. It's a half thing and it is my fault. And I don't know why I did what I did or why I let it happen the way I did. It doesn't even make any sense didn't even really sink in for me though, that this was really a a half a thing until it was too late. And when it became clear and I suddenly saw that that was really a difference, a difference of twofold, I was like, oh no. And for days I kept looking at it thinking, okay, maybe we really should take everything off of it and fix this, but it's already decorated. So, I am having to reconcile myself to the fact that there are far less lights. You know how this really, really hits me because these lights are, oh, such a thing for me. So it only has half the lights that it usually does. And I notice it. It's still beautiful. But every time I look at it, I know that it isn't the same. Nothing is the same this year, really, right? There are some really big things in December that are not going to be the same. That's true for me. And I bet it's true for you too. Number five, I have been making crocheted ornaments out of the blue, right? Crocheted ornaments because I saw some on Instagram and got captivated by their little bits of colorful goodness. I love somehow it's true. I love granny squares and things like that anyway. So I saw these ornaments and thought, oh, those are so adorable. Our tree is all glass, all glass ornaments. There are a few random different ones, just a few, but mostly this is my grown-up tree. This is the tree of my adulthood. These are all glass ornaments. They're blown glass, snow people and birds and Santas and things like lighthouses, robots, penguins, moons, trees, and so on. We haven't added to our tree necessarily in years, but there were years of building up this collection and then years of annual ornament giving, which had always been a tradition in my family as I was growing up. So we have a pretty glass-themed tree and it usually has double the lights. So crocheted ornaments are completely at the other end of the decorating spectrum, right? Other than a very special crocheted angel from my grandmother, we don't have any other ornaments like that on the tree. But I saw these and I just loved them. I poked around, I found the pattern, it was free. I was super excited, it was meant to be. I dug out some yarn, even though I didn't have any colors that made sense. I couldn't even find red for days. We finally have salvaged some red. I spent hours looking for the proper hook. That was a long day. And then just trying it with one of the ones I found because just use what you have when that's what it takes. These do actually go around glass ball ornaments or shatterproof plastic ball ornaments. We don't have any of those, but it didn't stop me. I went ahead and made the parts of this ornament to see what I thought of the process, what it looked like, even in bad colors, it was interesting enough and fun. And so I ordered a really, really inexpensive set of ornaments. The ones I ordered are a lot smaller than what the pattern called for. And I have since realized that that's actually really good for us. Those really big ornaments, they don't fit the scale of our decorations at all. So the smaller ones I think are perfect. But these are really inexpensive. They're pretty awful in some way, but you do cover them up. And so it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. They're super sweet ornaments. I've gotten my mom hooked on them too, and they're fast and easy to make. And it's been fun. It wasn't on my radar at all. Nothing I could have planned. It has made me a little bit behind on my favorite things cowl, which Is definitely started, is going well, is actually very pretty using what I have, the colors I have. I'm really proud of the decisions I finally made after hemming and hawing for far too long about ordering things. And so it is coming along, but these little ornaments right now are getting some fair time. And so now I could just go on and on with the list. The vignettes probably are the biggest interest for me. And are creative, right? We had an illustrate your week moment, a drawing moment, and some memory moments, because that is all part of of this process for me and part of the drive, I think, sometimes behind my focus on illustrated journaling and recording, crocheting. Yes. So now something entirely different, because I watched a fascinating video last week, a pair of them, actually. And as I watched, I realized what a really interesting process I was watching, and how I think it would be so amazing if we all had this experience every year. So the video was an interview with Billie Eilish for Vanity Fair. And for the last several years, she has been interviewed at the same time of the year and asked The same questions, it seems, year to year. Now, there may be some additions to that and some variances, but there are many questions that are repeated from year to year. And the video is really well done. In some cases, you see all of the answers side by side or in sequence. So you might see all four answers, depending on which year you're watching. You see this juxtaposition of answers. And you see and get to watch her hearing or watching her answers from a previous year and how she responded at that time, what she said then. I was mesmerized watching this. There has been an interview in 2017, 2018, 2019, and now 2020. And when I first heard about this video, I started with the 2019 video. The new one, the 2020, had just been released, but I wanted to go back and see last year's. Partly, I guess I knew that this year might be a little different because of COVID. Partly, I just happened to have landed on the 2019 one first. And I haven't gone back and watched the standalone 2017 and 2018 yet. I probably will do that. I'd be curious to see those in their entirety but I saw a lot of clips of those in these other two. So yes, I know who Billie Eilish is. Yes, I know her music, but I haven't watched her like this before. It's not somebody that I follow or know a lot about. I don't know her history or her family. I didn't know about her brother. I'm just not that tuned in to the person. So I went into this just a little bit curious after I saw it. And truly, I was captivated. I had turned it on while working, thinking that I could just listen to it in the background. But I had to stop and save it until later because I was especially captivated by the watching of this, by the filming of it, by her expressions and her mannerisms, I didn't know a ton about her, like I said before watching these videos, but even beyond that, even beyond the fascination with this musician at this point in her life, her own transitions and changes, her own style and attitude, the flair, the drama, at some point watching all of this, I started really thinking about all of us doing this. What if we all had the benefit of this process? The benefit of someone interviewing us? The benefit of someone thinking our life and growth and answers mattered. Matter. Celebrities all have that. They are all given this sense that everyone cares about every single thought. And perspective they have. What if we all had that? What if we all had someone ask us these questions and care? Care about the answers or at least care to record them for us? Give us a sounding board, a person to talk to while we thought out our answers out loud. At the end of the year, we do, many of us, answer questions about the year. We try and do things that will help us reflect on the year, help us wrap it up, help us look at what we've done and what we've accomplished and what we didn't do and what goals we set and what projects we started, what we finished, what we didn't finish, how we felt. We try and do these things. And then we try and start looking forward into the new year and start planning and goal setting and looking at what's going to carry over. What did I not do that I still really want to do? What did I start and never really finish, never really dot those I's and cross those T's that it still really matters to me. So we do that. And for some of us, I admit that is still more of an idea than something that really happens in any well thought out, well planned, well executed, methodical way. Some of you manage much better than others. I always intend to be really good about it. And I always talk about it because I want you to do it. I want you to be really good about it. But for me, there's always still something that doesn't quite work. I do it, but filling in these blanks, it's not enough. It doesn't have the tenor. It doesn't really capture everything. Maybe it's a little too surface oriented. You don't really get beyond the surface level of the simple answer. That interview did that. It got beyond that. When you talk out loud, you get beyond that process of just filling in your sort of list, your line item answers. It doesn't really have the same weight. It's good, but it doesn't have the same weight as this interview did. That's what I kept thinking. I have a small set of prompts that I have shared over the past several years, and I have done those and been keeping those and try to do those. And I think it's a good thing. I really do. But It falls a little short of this wonderful juxtaposition of answers that I could see in this interview set. I don't have everything that I can just pull out maybe in the way that I wish I did. I don't have the process either of stopping and really looking back through those answers each year, maybe someday. But even more than that, I think there is something really important in being asked questions And thinking them through and answering them for yourself in the moment. In the moment. Who am I right now? What is it right now? What do I think right now? How do I respond to this or that? What do I think about what I said last year? There's something different about talking these answers versus just writing them down. Something different about someone else asking you versus just doing this yourself. Maybe it is super... Quiet and mindful to sit down with your cup of coffee or tea, and maybe in the early morning or late at night with your journal and fill out some form of questionnaire for the year. It can be important and super powerful, and I definitely hope we all do it. But there's something different when someone asks you questions and you have to answer. You have to put an answer out there in a way that is heard. There is something different about that. The out loud, the to someone, your brain processes those questions a little differently. Even your answer might even be different than it would be if you were writing it in private, different, but still important. And maybe probably you would answer much more in depth when you respond out loud. I don't know. I thought a lot about it because I was mesmerized watching and listening. And of course, many of us don't have any way to make this kind of thing happen. We don't necessarily have anyone who will sit down and ask us these questions and film us and make this wonderful year over year thing that can be repeated each year. Most of us don't have anyone who really wants to spend that time and even hear the answers to those questions. Maybe you should just turn on your camera and just say the question out loud and answer it on film and somehow store it and look at it next year. Maybe, maybe we should do that. Don't have a tripod yet. Neither do I, but you can prop your camera up on some books, point it at yourself. Maybe that's worth thinking about. I didn't know I was going to say any of that, but maybe we should. Maybe you should. What would those questions be? I have to go and look at my set. I might have to brush up my set for this year anyway. Those of you who are part of this audience and have listened for a while know that I have this set of questions and I will share them. I know a lot of people start this planning really early. I tend to do all of this the last week. So those will be coming. One year I did a group week the last week of the year and we did all of this reflection in a private group. And that was really valuable and really meaningful. I had to figure out how I want to do it this year and how I'm going to tie it into illustrated journaling. And I might do something like that this year. I might do something that is definitely hashtag illustrate your week, but also encapsulates my year end. I have definitely been thinking that some of the prompts coming up will be much more year end focused. So that is all coming if you are someone doing that with me. So it was a super cool process to watch. It's a cool time capsule. And I kept thinking, what a wonderful gift she has been given by having these interviews done. I would love to know what I would have said. She's really young, but I would love to know what I would have said at 25, 26, 27, 28. I would love to be able to compare answers at 30, 40, 50, I would love to be able to look back and see and understand who I was then and remember who I was then. Because if you had this kind of video set to watch, you would know much more about who you were than you probably remember. Especially me, since the years behind me seem to have all just compressed into this pile of time past, years lived. It's just this pile of very few delineating markers. It's very sad. I'm sorry. My memory shows are always very sad, I think. And I'm really glad that that may not be the case for you. But I still think this is a super cool process. I know how perspective changes, how life changes, how time changes, how our personalities shift. I know that what I say today might be very different from what I will say next year at the same time. I give myself the grace of change. The honest admission that my answers really do and might change. That is one of the things I have learned to acknowledge and embrace, respect. Something we all need to do, give ourselves that grace. It's something I want all of you to embrace about your own lives. So I really enjoyed seeing that evolution in Billy's answers. I came away super fascinated by her, definitely really interested. I watched other videos after that. And I also enjoyed seeing her look back at her answers from previous years and smile at them or laugh at them or roll her eyes. But in some cases, in many cases, she said, Yeah. That was exactly true. That is exactly what I was thinking or feeling then. Or my answer this year is pretty much the same. Really appreciated seeing her not disavow anything really that she had said, her just accepting, yeah, that was me right then and true. Really powerful, really powerful. It was beautiful to watch this whole evolution across years. I really loved it. I'm so happy I stumbled across it, saw a reference to it in some post somewhere and pulled it up and what a wonderful thing to have found and so perfect for this time of year. I will link these interviews in the show notes and I think you would enjoy watching them. It doesn't really matter if you are a Billie Eilish fan or not. I just found this whole thing really fascinating to watch. Because of COVID this year, I do think this year's interview was a little different. I think that's to be expected. It has been a very different year. It was still really interesting. It was an election year on top of COVID. And add to all of that the fact that she's growing up. She's still very young. But you see this growth. You definitely see the shift in these years. I would recommend starting with the 2019 interview first. And then watch 2020. And then we should figure out how we can do these kind of questions. We should. Because really, we matter too. We matter too. (laughs) We matter too. And I think one of the big values of those interviews will be someday her ability to watch them. Even now, you can see how moving it is on some level for her to look back at those answers. This show might have made more sense the week after the holidays, but this month does slide right on into a new year. And like I said, I know some of you are already doing this kind of thinking. It isn't a bad idea to go ahead and be thinking about your year-end processes anyway. How you wrap things up, how things went, what you planned, all of those things I mentioned before, what happened, what didn't, how you feel, honest recounting honest recounting. And sometimes that is different than just the line answers in a fill in the blank form. Just saying, I did this and I did that might lose the emotional resonance of your answers. It might. Those concrete answers sometimes hide a lot intentionally or not. They're just a little bit thin. They do the job in terms of a concrete accounting, but talking about what you think does something a little different. I do have the set of prompts I use and I typically do a year end sketch note. We have done that in the past in the CMP community and I don't do it until the very end. I don't spend days and weeks on it. I try and do it right around New Year's Eve. And that is something that I have found a really wonderful way to do it, to think about it and sort of encapsulate the concrete all in one page the things that have mattered creatively. And so those prompts that I do are all creative focused too. They're not just about your life in general. They're about your art and your process and the projects and your creative habit. So I will be doing all of that again this year and definitely looking at how all of this plays with illustrate your week, which is still where I am focused. So those things will be coming. I needed to get this show recorded, but I have a whole lot of other things to say. Of course I do. And I hope someone wants to listen. I am the art. The art is me. So that is it for today. That is it for a Saturday show. And I will try and get it out before next Saturday. There might also be a Sunday show. I really enjoyed when I was managing two a week, in those summery days and Saturday and Sunday recordings were really important to me. And I would like to be able to do that. I would like to know there are a lot of you out there listening to, I admit it, I would like to know that. So this is a Saturday show and I've been looking, some days I wake up and think, I'm going to do one more show for the year and be done. And some days I wake up and think, I should do 12 shows. I should do 12 in a row, not the 12 days of Christmas, but maybe the 12 days till the end of the year. And I'm not going to manage that. The year is not going to allow that. But there will at least be a couple more shows. Vignette shows are where it's at for me right now. So maybe... Maybe we will see some vignettes. I appreciate those of you who are tuning in. I appreciate those of you who are at Instagram or at Facebook. Those of you at Instagram who are doing illustrate your week. I love seeing your work. I love being able to connect with some of you. I love that we have created this little community. Just a few people who are interested in doing illustrated journaling and take time to give some likes and some hearts, but also comment and are connecting in small ways. Instagram sometimes is difficult. You can't comment on 500 things when you see tons and tons of posts, but I really appreciate those people who do comment. It means a lot. It really means a lot. And I appreciate those of you that I hear from about the CMP. I know that you have lots and lots of other options and other choices and lots of things to listen to and lots of things that are really well-produced and overproduced and have a budget. (laughs) Have a budget. You know, I appreciate those of you who listen, who give me this space to talk. And I wonder what questions you would ask. I'm going to work on some questions. Okay. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Heidlas' You can find me at Instagram as oamyoamy and Creativity Matters Podcast. I really do ask that you follow at YouTube. I'm gradually sorting out what will and won't work for me there, and what people do or don't want to see. And I'm still thinking it through, but I would really appreciate if you would follow there. You'll also find the shows there. As long as I can see that that's working, there's something strange happening with the beginning of those shows. It's very odd. If you've pulled one up, you've heard it. So anyway, if you follow the Creativity Matters podcast at YouTube, I appreciate it. Thank you to those of you who support the show in any way, multiple ways people do that. And a special thanks to those of you at Patreon, patreon.com slash creativity matters. Your support of the CMP doesn't necessarily always earn you a whole lot, but it does really help make this show possible. And it helps make this show possible for everyone else. So my gratitude to those of you there. Until next time, remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. And don't forget to breathe. Have a really good week, everyone.